in the election. Candidate statements for all 19 listener member and five staff member candidates appear on the KPFA Elections website at election.kpfa.org. Here are two statements from candidates running for the local station board. KPFA local station board candidate Richard Phelps. My name is Richard Phelps. I'm a candidate for the local station board. On September 29th, I learned that the National Election Supervisor had decided not to send the candidate statements out with the ballots. Voters without web access would have to go somewhere to see them. This would result in severe damage to the inclusive democracy we are trying to build. I got on my phone and computer, contacted local station and Pacifica board members, and many listeners, and I got the issue mentioned on Guns and Butter that day. Many others joined in throughout Pacifica, and the candidate statements will be mailed. This is the type of energy and action you can expect from me and others that support the 10 points found at peepsradio.net. For inclusive democracy, vote for Richard Phelps. KPFA Local Station Board Candidate Ted Friedman. Hello, I'm Ted Friedman, Secretary of the KPFA Local Station Board. We almost lost KPFA a few years ago, and that near disaster convinced me to do whatever I could to make sure it won't happen again. A democratically elected board offers our best insurance against future takeovers. As secretary, I worked hard to turn the board into an effective governing body so that we can make KPFA stronger, increase our audience, and encourage listener communication and participation. I've done my best to build trust and understanding among the board members and between the board and station management and staff. I hope that you will re-elect me, Ted Friedman, to the KPFA local station board. Election.kpfa.org Your source for up-to-the-minute information on the KPFA local station board election. Call 510-848-6767 extension 626 for more information. Listen for upcoming candidate interviews in the weeks to come. And make sure your ballot is received no later than Monday, November 29th, 2004. Uh, Now stand by for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up. In darkness From the ones Who Walk in light Light them up Boys There's your picture Drop the shadows Out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today is the big day, folks. Yes, I needed that little whiff of Weimar, that little bit of Bertolt Brecht, you know. I have that feeling, yes, Germany between the wars, you all remember (laughs) what it was like in Berlin in those days. Ah, what I did today was I asked Becky O'Malley, the uh, Irish woman... (laughs) extraordinaire, who is the editor of the Berkeley Daily Planet. I got her over here because I am a real Dunkoff when it comes to hands-on politics. And 
Becky's editorials in the Berkeley Daily Planet have been the sort of things that kept me going. Uh, the one she's got today is called The Post-Election Struggle, and it's basically what I would call a waiting to exhale, um, you know, one of these... Uh, she says, the uncanny silence you hear all over Berkeley is the sound of more than a 100,000 people simultaneously holding their breath. Are you holding your breath, Becky? I am. There's not much else we can do. Everybody's sort of wandering around town, smiling cheerily and hoping that um, tomorrow we'll have another story to tell. But I am not sure what's going to happen in the election. I don't think anybody is. I love the cartoon that uh, in the paper, the Daily Planet, that's on the stands now with the uh, the two uh, two lawyers of either side, you know, revving up and getting ready to go. Uh, now, i i didn't want to i I didn't want to I didn't bring my sample ballot, and I don't want to go over propositions and that kind of thing. But let me just ask you one question before I ask you how you got into this newspaper business. Uh, I got a phone call. Somebody called to say that you had come out against the Berkeley Public Library tax increase, and you said no. Heavens no. no. Next thing you know, they'll be saying I came out against motherhood or possibly apple pie. Apple pie. Everybody loves libraries. That's why, in fact, our city mothers and fathers know that if they want to raise the overall taxes, if they say the taxes are for the library, mm-hmm. they will get people to vote for them. Uh, and it includes me, I do know that it isn't always the name at the head of the new tax that the proceeds will go to. Actually, we had a very good op-ed yesterday that L.A. Wood wrote about a special tax that was supposed to go to fixing the storm drains, mundane but boring, not nearly sexy as the library. But in fact, the tax has long since been used and the storm drains still haven't been fixed. Yep. This happens quite a lot. Um, that doesn't mean that I would recommend voting against the library tax or <laughs> against any tax for that matter. I do think that we are in a situation where we're not getting enough money to support local government from the state taxes. And I, there's really nothing to do except pay more local taxes. But there are plenty of justifiable complaints against the way the tax money is spent. Sure. The Let's see, the October 12, 14th edition of the Berkeley Daily mm-hmm. Planet has a good article called Does the Berkeley Public Library Deserve Another Tax Increase? Probably not. This is the argument uh, against it, and it does make the point. Uh, yes, we all love the library, don't we? As if that's the end of the discussion. Okay, the question is why, given the unprecedented generosity of the property owners, can't the library live within its means? Anyway... The facts and figures, the money, it's all down here in percentages. Uh, uh, check this out. I'm assuming, Becky, that you have a website so that people can go back and look at this issue for October 12 and 14th. com. Now, people do have to understand that we don't espouse anything in the paper except... I personally espouse what I sign my own name to. Gotcha. But the commentary pages are our readers. God, this and is Dean Metzger, President Claremont Elmwood Neighborhood Association, and David Wilson, Steering Committee, Berkeleyans Against Soaring Taxes. And that's their opinion and possibly the opinion of the um, organizations that they affiliate themselves with. And 
Our premise is always that the world will be better served if all points of view are aired. We try to print almost everything people send to us if we possibly can, and we do come pretty close. Sometimes we have to leave out letters that seem to be duplicates of other letters for space reasons, but pretty much we print everything. So Mr. Mesker and Mr. Wilson have tried to persuade you of their point of view. Uh, we've had plenty of people writing in with the other point of view or with several other points of view. There's never, as we know, particularly in Berkeley, but anywhere, there's no such thing as two sides to every question. There's at least five <laughs> if at you're paying any attention seven. at all. I think seven yeah. is the minimum. Yeah. One for every day of the week. No, I was looking at your editorial called Fighting Voter Panic, and I was thinking... Uh, how it is, as you say, Becky, you write so much and you're working so hard, uh, it's hard to keep track. Uh, today is election day. Okay. So if there's anybody out there, um, what is it? You didn't give recommendations. You didn't give what, what would we call endorsements, uh, to every issue here. No. But, uh, I always check if you're local, check the Bay Guardian, uh, the League of Independent Voters is a good one. And there's one here that you mentioned that's very funny. There's a word we can't say on the air. Oh, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you say, check out the local regional recommendations posted by the new League of P.O.'d, and that's P. It's the word that we're not allowed to say. We can say off. Off is right. The off. Word. Yes. P it, it, it's off the first voters. word that we're not allowed to say. I gather. Right. She says, "Kid you not." www.indievoter.org voterguide.php area php question mark area and then equals five. This oh gosh, this gets you know it gets so difficult. But check check the October twenty ninth November first edition for this one. But as I said. If you're local and you're really stuck, you don't get something, grab the Bay Guardian. You said your mom always, your 90-year-old mom uses the... The Bay Guardian is more or less what people like us, very broadly defined, um, are likely to be voting for if you want to vote pretty much like the people that you pretty mm -hmm. much think you're kind of like most of the time. Yeah, they came out against mm. Stem Cell Research 71. Well, and I wish I had consulted it first because I myself voted for it, but there are very good arguments against it. Yeah. That's one of those things where you can be very confused, and I think I myself was fairly confused. It is confusing. You know, the nurses tell me no, and then, you know, it just looks like the sort of thing you just have to vote for, but I don't know. Uh, go dig it out. You know, we can't tell you what to vote for, folks. You have to figure these things out for yourselves, but if anybody's uh, stuck out there, I've been hearing the usual stories, we mustn't panic, but you know the phone number to call is 1-866-OUR-VOTE. If you need a lawyer, call 1-866-OUR-VOTE. That's the place where, you, you know, if you think you, you've been denied the right to vote or if you've been given the wrong ballot, call those folks and they will help you out. Uh, now, uh, I'm practically, what is it, I got so much to cover here, Becky. I, I've been meaning to get you in to have you just give us your your life story and your biography, you know, for the longest time, and I use today as an excuse to do that. How is it uh, that, uh, you know, wife and mother that you are, <laughs> long time, long time professional woman, what possessed you to get busy and start this 
newspaper. I've been here since 1951, and this newspaper is really, really an amazing. I mean, I, I will live through the Berkeley Barb and Grassroots and Plexus and a lot of little papers, but I think, you know, this is a political paper. Well, how long is your program? You have half an hour here? Okay. Yeah, I don't Go. know. I mean, it, it's... Um, Partly that just I'm really pretty old, you know. I'm going to be 65, and so I've done lots of different kinds of things in my life. Some I of got which you beat, kid. have touched on <laughs> um, the KPFA world. Um, I came to Berkeley first in 1958 as an undergraduate, mm -hmm. and KPFA was on the radio telling us everything that we needed to know in those days. It, Got me, for example, down to the city hall to protest against the House on American Activities Committee. There you go. All of the things that I hadn't been told in my previous education, many of them I learned actually from KPFA. So you get a picture of what needs to be done in the world. And I've been doing all different kinds of things all my life. I've, I went to law school at one point. I never did get around to practicing law because I found other things that were more entertaining to do. I was an investigative reporter for a period of time and that was a lot of fun. Um, and then in my middle life, I got kind of sucked into the family business. My husband was a computer scientist, is a computer scientist, and he more or less accidentally started a software company and I more or less accidentally helped him out with it. And we did about 18 years of that, which we finally sold. Yeah. Now, Michael is the mm -hmm. e editor or the the executive editor. What is he? He's the publisher. I'm the executive editor. Right. Okay. That's the the trade off that we have in our previous business. He was the talent. He was the brains that thought up the software, and I um, kept track of more or less the business, the marketing, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, and also since I'd been to law school, um, did the contracts and mm -hmm. other stuff like that. And then in this business, um, he keeps track of the business mm -hmm. and I keep track of the creative end more or less. But we, you know, we, we, we trade off. Yeah. He's actually the great newspaper reader. He's much more of a consumer of news than I am. He has possibly more patience. He actually loves newspapers. And I think the, the reason we got into this more than anything else is because he had enjoyed reading the Daily Planet under the previous owners and was very sorry when it disappeared. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we were, we met with a group of people who were trying to figure out what to do about it. We heard rumors that, that it had been, um, bought by the big media trying to put it out of business. We heard rumors that it was for sale for millions of dollars. Um, and with my background with a little bit of investigative reporting, I always do like to check things out and we checked it out and we found out that it wasn't really for sale at all. Um, the people were just kind of folding it and leaving town and we made a very quick deal mm -hmm. to buy the boxes and uh, the software and sort of took it from there. So we essentially bought what you might say was a newspaper kit or possibly you could say we bought the newspaper at a garage sale. You saved it. Mm -hmm. And reconstituted it. Well, it's amazing mm. what you have done. I I was thinking, you know, we, we did try so hard. The, the women's newspaper here, you know, was so limited in the distribution. The mm -hmm. Berkeley Barb was a glorious thing in its day. I'm just um, a ways ahead of you. Let's see. 
You came in 58, so you were here for the 60s. By the 60s, I was a single mom with two kids. Well, I was in Ann Arbor in the 60s. I was in Ann Arbor from 1961 to 1973, so I missed a lot of the excitement here. We had our own excitement in Ann Arbor, but not the same kind because the um, university administration there was much cannier, and they didn't get into fights they didn't need to get into, unlike the administration here, which loved to pick fights. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're talking about the L.A. circuit, you know, the boys, the Jesuit high school. Where were you when you were, um, let's see, you were in high school. Were you down south? I went to high school in Pasadena. My family moved to Pasadena from St. Louis when I was 13, and I went three mm-hmm. years of high school in Pasadena when my family was living there, and then I came up to Berkeley. And That's interesting. I, you know, my parents come from Michigan, too, and then I hit La Jolla and then up here. And But once you hit Northern California, mm-hmm. you know, this is it. No, uh, it's just a few years difference, but I keep thinking, you see, that you were young and... What is it? You're Carrie's age, you said. Uh, I'm a year older. Same general age bracket, yeah. Right. He's, yeah. well, let's see. His wife, his wife is 65, and he's 60. So, yeah, it's the same generation. I remember right. when Clinton came to mm-hmm. office, I thought, for God's sakes, the president is younger than I am. As a matter of fact, he's halfway between me and my kids. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a generation, but uh, I'm looking here to see, um, do you plan... Do you plan to do this for 10 years, dear, or are you going <laughs> to... Well, I don't know. You know, it, it's an interesting thing. I kind of backed into it, Pretty and exciting. here it is. And um, it's certainly people enjoy reading it, and I think it's worthwhile. It's funny, um, there, the 60s and the 70s, people had alternative newspapers, but that was back when there were actual newspapers. In Berkeley, there was a right. newspaper. I can't remember what it was. The Gazette, I guess. The Gazette, So you yes. could have an alternative to that. In mm-hmm. Ann Arbor, there was the Ann Arbor News. The Ann Arbor News, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so you could do a pretty good alternative paper because you could always vamp off what the regular paper was doing. Mm-hmm. But since the regular small papers that report on the local news have sort of evaporated, um, we feel a certain obligation simply to tell people what's going on in town, because if we don't tell them, nobody else will. It's funny, mm-hmm. I, I, when I look at your paper, I think mm-hmm. of what the old grassroots newspaper could have been. That was one of the papers, it was so pure, you know, we paid the typesetter and that was it. Nobody got a dime. So we thought, okay, this paper can keep the community honest, you know, and they published everything. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's pretty hard, you know, when there's absolutely no money at all and things got pretty pretty dicey there for a while. Um, the Barb, of course, well, that's such a sad story, you know, when you have to make your money with uh, dirty pictures. <laughs> you know, it went, it went so I can, those were the days when I just wanted to get a poem in the paper or something. But uh, this looks like, it looks like, to me, this would be, I don't know whether we call it the East Bay Serious Paper. It's happening for me. It's the paper I read. It's, you know, on the front desk at the Harriet Tubman Terrace where I live, and everybody's reading it. Uh, what do you think? I was thinking, I was looking at your political articles here, and I was, I, I don't want to ask you a dumb question like, what's going to happen to your paper if, um, you know, we get a Bush administration? Because I don't, I'm not going to think about that today. But, uh, I'm thinking, um, you're talking here about Michael Moore and the slate card. Let me just ask you um, about, you, you talk about the post-election struggle, and you talk about having the same problems, you know, after the election that we had before. And 
which ones which ones are uttermost you know when when you send a reporter out what do you have in the back of your head you know what do you want them to bring you well i think that people in a democracy make the best decisions if they know what's going on um we have several professional reporters who have had various other jobs before they came to us some of them quite distinguished careers um finding out what's going on and telling the public about it i think the most important function of a newspaper is simply to let people know what's going on so they can figure out what needs to be done about it if you don't know what's going on you're never going to be able to do anything about it i've spent a good part of my life doing political work as well i managed a congressional campaign one time i've done all sorts of actual political things um and i think doing politics is very important but it's not the whole story because you can only do politics if the electorate the people out there in the street have some general idea of what's happening to them and with people getting most of their information now from fox news um you can't necessarily count on them to be able to make the right decisions even though they ordinarily have common sense i'll tell you nothing makes me happier than to see somebody pick up a copy of our paper before they get on the bus mm-hmm. and sitting there on the bus reading it because that's somebody who will not go home necessarily and believe everything when they turn on the television mm-hmm. that fox news wants them to believe it's funny i w- was up all night i don't know why this election's got me really scared and i i i I was getting very morbid and thinking, why is it people like to be lied to? Why is it that they are willing to believe something that is obviously contrary to all their best interests because some psychological need or some problem of pain? I was watching the two men, and it seems to me it's just all about their their manhood. Uh, You know, you say here, war and peace. You know, this is Mm -hmm. what it's about. She said both candidates were fools enough to think that there was a good reason to invade Iraq. Kerry still doesn't seem to know how he got suckered. You know, I noticed that. He doesn't seem to know what to say. Why didn't either of them figure out what just about everyone in Berkeley, you know, what we knew from the beginning, that the invasion was a stupid idea and is doomed to fail? You know, uh, I I don't know. What um, is it? Somebody Einstein or somebody says, you know, two things are infinite, the universe and human stupidity, and I'm not sure about the universe. But, you know... Uh, trying to get people to see what's right under their noses. I, I thought that, you know, this information explosion, this, uh, everybody tells me the Internet has changed everything and at least we'll know what hit us this election, you know. And other people called this morning to tell me that the youth vote will change everything. I see lines all over town. This This argues well. Well, we're certainly living in nirvana here in berkeley and in northern california all of the best people have assembled themselves here for our pleasure um it does leave the rest of the country sort of shall we say short of talent i think that's one of the problems is that there's been a big migration in my lifetime to the more interesting places and the people that didn't bother to migrate are frankly the ones that don't have as much on the ball and this may be why they don't know what's going on. If they knew what's going on, they'd probably leave. You know, the whole middle of the country was settled by people who had great hopes 
for something that never actually materialized. It is not actually a good idea to be farming in North and South Dakota. <laughs> and the people who stay there and try to do it just really haven't figured that out. They should no. be returning those areas to the prairie like they were supposed to have been in the first place. Well, I don't know. They tell me 13, the, the number of women farmers in Pennsylvania has gone up 13%. Apparently become woman's work, farming, it always was. Well, this is never the good news. No, no. As soon as women were allowed to be mayors of the big gotcha. cities, for example, you knew that those who controlled things had lost interest yes, in the big yes. cities. What I'm, do they say? You know, hard times is when the only work is woman's work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's no. very sad to know. Mm. Actually, uh, makes a certain kind of sense. Um, you know, the primate grandiosity of these guys. I, I was thinking, uh, if one more of my friends says to me, uh, you know, that they don't like John Kerry for some reason. Uh, you said you're ready to be bored. I'm thrilled to be bored. Oh, you know? I, I would like nothing more than a government that was so dull that I never had to pay any attention right. to it. And I could do more of the things that I enjoy doing, which have nothing to do necessarily with the national government. I hate the idea that I have to think all the time about the oh. national government. Oh. I have other things I'd rather be thinking about. But lefties, yes, we, you know, democracy takes all your weeknights. Uh, no, Teresa Hines Carey can provide us with plenty of entertainment. And I was thinking, you know, it's like this. It's like John Kerry is, oh God, I can't say feminist. No, no, no. Uh, he's a non-authoritarian. You know, he's he's a modern man. Yes, he's, uh, a he's a modern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's all about the country. It's not about him. These, uh, I don't know what you call them, monomaniacs, messianic males who talk to God and rule nuclear nations. You know, they're they're uh, what do they call it? They're silverback gorillas. I mean, they're they're nuts. They're they're. Um, um, egomaniacs, and you know uh, what's the guy in uh, Turkmenistan? <laughs> you know, we don't need somebody like that ruling the United States. When I think of poor old dull Jimmy Carter, oh, and God. how we miss him now Bless that he's gone. Jimmy we never Carter. appreciated him when he was here. Dull old Jimmy Carter. Oh, what a, an incredible man he was on with his good wife the other night on C-SPAN. He talked about how much he could do for so little money, you know. What's he going to be? He's at least 80, still working. Uh, was it his good wife, Rosalind? She said Jimmy'd rather be, well, she said he'd rather be right than president. But, you know, it's, it's difficult, um, when faced with what I think I was taught was a real Christian. Hmm. You know, somebody who cares more about other people than he cares about himself. And, this dynastic situation that we have here in which you know, wealth and, and uh, self-aggrandizement uh, is just uh, beyond, well, let's not talk about it. Let's, let's just hope it's going away. I want to tell everybody again that I'm talking to Becky O'Malley and that Becky is the editor and, uh, uh, what is it, I would call her the creatrix and the matrix of... The Berkeley Daily Planet. Um, I hope that this newspaper is, what is it, is going to continue being what it has become for me, which is a, a real grounded grassroots newspaper. Uh, I'm not, I'm still not sure. Uh, gosh, you, you've got, got a lot of local people here. Uh, how about, how about letters and commentary? Mm. Do you, if people write something that they, feel, you know, the community needs to know about. What's their chances of getting it in the paper? Oh, very, very high. Um, we 
try to print almost everything we get. Um, we had it crunch right before the election. We had so many letters. Of course. Uh, and we did have a cutoff date because we didn't want people to be able to take last-minute swipes that would be unfair. So we had a cutoff date of last Sunday before the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to print a couple of extra pages of letters in order to get them all in. But we got them pretty much all in. Uh, we figure we do two things. We make sure that the news is reported and we have staff that make sure that nothing is missed or at least that we try not to miss anything and then we make a lot of the paper available for the community wisdom which there is plenty of i mean we are in berkeley after all Mm -hmm. and there are plenty of people around here who are good writers and have interesting ideas some of Mm -hmm. which i agree with some of which i disagree with but it makes it much more interesting to see what everybody's doing it's fantastic. It's time for us to get off the air, folks. The New Yorker has come out and endorsed uh, John Kerry, in case anybody still needs a, an endorsement for, for the, the presidency. It's time for us to get off. Uh, thanks for coming by, Becky, and I hope to see you again soon. Um, okay, folks, I was going to say vote early and vote often, but that's an old... I, <laughs> you know, these, these days, that's no joke. I better not do that. They're going to come and handcuff us here. I'll be back on the air Thursday morning, goddess willing, at 8.20. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. The endings are the rules. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who... One, two, KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, and Radio X in Seattle. Please stay tuned to Hard Knock Radio for our very special Election Day coverage. It's coming up next after these news headlines, these national news headlines.